that's what we did in our brick and mortar. And so I look at my online store as a brick and mortar. It's a second location for me. It's an additional place. And we do everything possible to connect with our customers. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. On this episode of Honest E-Commerce, we interview Jesse Roberts, the founder, president, and boss lady at Cheeky's Brand and the author of the new book, Backroads Boss Lady. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm sitting here next to the lovely Annette Grant. She just got back from a bunch of traveling, learning way too much stuff. And today, we welcome to the podcast, Jesse Roberts from Cheeky's Brand. Welcome to the podcast, Jesse. Hey, hey. Hi, I'm Jesse. excited to be here. Oh, we are super excited to have yeah, you on the show. I'm loving it. We're going to start doing more of these founders features, you know, find these founder stories. And I'm so, so excited to have you here. So uh, currently, though, yeah. uh, you're kind of a hustler uh, moving around a bunch. Tell us, tell everyone where you are right now. <laughs> so uh, like physically, I'm in a parking lot for a pita pit in Boise <laughs> about... Uh, about 10 miles from the airport. <laughs> so I couldn't quite make it all the way to the airport before we did the call. So I was like trying to find a quiet parking spot. No, I just wanted to bring that up because it, it goes to kind of her style and she's a hustler and she told us originally, she's like, I didn't want to cancel on you. I wanted to get it done. I'm going to make it happen. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys letting me um, maybe have a garbage truck sound in the background. <laughs> and I apologize to the listeners for that ahead of time. We welcome the trash. Bring it on. I, I do believe that you know hustling is... There's so much talk about hustle right now. I feel like that's like a buzzword or something. But I, you know, like I've always thought, you know, like I have to be willing to do what other, people's won't, other people won't. And that's kind of been like the backbone of my business is just being willing to do the other shit that other people are just not willing to do. So I'm willing to have those conversations. I'm willing to go do the hard work. And if I have to use a straw to put my hair up in a bun so that I can get the work done, then I'm probably going to do that too. <laughs> that's amazing. Cool. So let's take us back. Take us back. Let's go down uh, memory lane to 2011, the start of yeah. Cheekies. So what was going on in your life back then? Uh, well, there was a lot going on in my life. Um, there was a huge uh, commercial construction bust. I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers just how terrible it was around then. I'm in the construction industry and my husband and I lost our construction business. And we took a very, very small nest egg and decided like seven grand, um, which is a lot, but also not a lot. And we decided to utilize one of the tiny buildings in my small town. My small town is about 1,400 people. And uh, all the downtown like storefronts were vacant. So we rented one for like $400 a month and thought, oh, you know what? We should open a tanning salon. Whoa. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. 
So I spent the majority of my money on tanning beds <laughs> and I bought a few retail products. And like in a week and a half, I had like two tanners, but every purse and every jewelry item I had bought was gone. So I sold the tanning beds and I started buying more and more retail product. And very, very quickly, I was on Facebook. Um, people were just asking me, like, do you have a website? And I was like, I don't, but I can open up a Facebook page for free. You know, this was back before businesses paid for boosted ads and things like that. And um, I really do feel like I was blessed to start on Facebook, like at this perfect moment and was able to like get in on the ground level of businesses on Facebook. Super exciting. And I use that as a way to like drive traffic. So my first real website, sadly, was a Facebook page. And I just had people order on there and I packaged it up and shipped it. So really quick, was the product... Did you create any of the product or were you buying at all the product from another wholesalers? At that point in time, I was only purchasing um, wholesale product and reselling it. Um, I started doing a bunch of events and everybody at the events had the same thing as me. Because if I tried to depend on my town of 1400 to like feed four kids and 22,000 dogs, because my <laughs> husband loves animals, then we would have starved. And so I had to like figure out a way to physically get in front of other people. So I went to rodeos and stock shows and fairs and festivals, anywhere that I could just set up a booth. And I started handing out flyers to my Facebook page. And so then I realized that like everybody at all of these shows had the same stuff. And so I told my husband, I'm like, we got to do something different. I also discovered because I am in a rule, like my, my customer lives a country rule lifestyle and they're a little bit sassy. So I was like, some of these things don't make sense. Like I don't understand some of this product. Um, the animals weren't anatomically correct. They were weird. Like they just things weren't right. And I discovered that um, the majority of the items that I was purchasing were actually designed in China or Korea or Vietnam. And they didn't have that same lifestyle experience. So I felt like it was essential for me to start designing my own product so that I could offer an authentic product to my customer. And so we started doing that probably about 2012. You had zero design experience, correct? Yeah, I just knew it was I was really good at looking what people were doing and going, "Yeah, we need to fix that." Like that that isn't right. I need to fix that. And so my husband and I bought like a little screen printing, four color screen printing press off of Craigslist and we set it up in a storage unit behind my building. My poor husband didn't have running water, heat, or air conditioning. I mean, like anybody who screen prints knows that it's like, that's like impossible to screen print without water or air conditioning. Um, and so I would literally make my husband go back there. A customer would come in and be like, you don't have this shirt in my size. And I would be like, hold on. And I would make my husband go back to this little friggin' tiny cave and like print a shirt and um, now we run a press that can print 1,200 shirts an hour. So well, small, small upgrade, and hopefully, yeah. air, hopefully, air conditioning and running water. Now. Yes, it now has a, the building, and well, the press itself is worth more than my home, and it has. Um, it was so heavy that we actually could, our infrastructure in our small town couldn't handle the press's weight. 
because there were old, you know, like late 1800, early 1900 buildings with basements. And so the press was so heavy, we actually had to build a warehouse for the press itself because we outgrew the infrastructure of power, weight, internet, phones, everything for my little tiny town. That is (laughs) wild. Really wild. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like right now, um, yesterday, we had Idaho Power. Um, We've been so blessed to have the Department of Commerce here help us because we've been up upgrading the infrastructure for my town. But they've been setting new transformers and putting in new power poles all downtown. Um, I now own about half of one of the two city blocks in my downtown. I just started buying up the empty vacant buildings and um, turning them into our warehouse. Amazing. That's... Yeah, now you're a real estate guru. But so... Not really. (laughs) (laughs) That is the least impressive thing I have done. Uh. So so you got some traction on Facebook. You were getting traction at the local events. You started to... What I hear is that you started to really listen to your customers. And when you did that, is that when you started to do more of... Um, you moved online. And when you moved online, how, how did you do that from Facebook to your own site? Talk us through that transition. Well, I had a brick and mortar actually up until last year. And okay. we probably will bring a brick and mortar back. I wanted really when we moved into wholesale, it was like, oh, why am I doing this to myself every day? Why am I, you know, like opening up this store when I, I don't have to and I can make more money online than I can in the store? And um, then as my, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, like, I, I want to say notoriety, but like as people started to recognize me and uh, know who I was, People started wanting to be able to meet us and come in. You know, like we built this community, and like ladies want a place to come and road trip and check things out. So we feel like to serve our customers, we really need to create another brick and mortar for them. But ultimately, when I first started the website, um, I hate invoicing, and um, and I also felt like it didn't allow me to add extra sale. Like it didn't ha- allow a cart increase. Like I couldn't increase the sale. Um, invoicing. So I went and got... I think my first website was like with 3D cart. And then they made me mad and I moved over to Volusion. And they were like terrible for like two weeks. So I moved back to 3D cart. And then I finally went to big commerce. And I ran... um, I currently have three websites. We run an auction um, for all of my overstock samples and miscellaneous inventory. I've run that since 2012 on a website. And then we have our wholesale site, and then we have a retail site. Um, we were with Big Commerce for a really long time, and up until uh, last October, so just about a year with Shopify Plus. And it was we simply moved because Big Commerce wasn't growing as fast as we needed it to um, for us to be able to run a concurrent inventory between wholesale and retail. We didn't want to have two inventories anymore. So we needed a, a platform that could handle that. But I remember sitting on my couch and I would get so excited when I would hit like $175 or $200 in sales, which was literally just me saying to people on Facebook, um, Oh, you like that? Let me go put that on my website really quick and you can check out. You know, so I would just literally like move everything from social media over to the website 
And then people started checking out that weren't sent there. You know, like they would buy stuff that I would forget and leave on the site. And then I was like, hey, you know, I, I think I need to, like, I need to take this more seriously. I need to put more stuff on there. And, and then it just grew and grew and grew. And as it spider webbed out, our following, I mean, even though I'm in the Pacific Northwest, the majority of our following is actually in the South. So it was really nice to be able to have income when I wasn't actually at work. That's that's the key. We uh, I hope our listeners hear that that when you're like sitting on your couch at home but you're still selling things, it's an amazing feeling and your customer isn't expecting it to get sent out immediately, which is nice. So, Man, you... I was like I was uh, like so excited. Like I would literally like happy dance every time and um, I still, even though we have hundreds of orders that come in every day, um, I still get every Shopify notification. I it was really hard when I switched from Big Commerce to Shopify because with Big Commerce, I actually got an email of every order, and my customers put comments in, and I would reply to them when they would send me comments. You know, we have. Um, um, I'm a Profit First fan, right? We talked about that. I love Mike McCallowitz's book on um, Clockwork. And so we've worked really hard to have what we call our Queen Bee role. And so a lot of people might assume that's like a mission, but it's more of an action that we take in everything that we do, whether it's working with our vendors, even with you guys as hosts of this podcast or our customers, is that we will make a genuine connection. Always. Like that is what we do. And that's what we did in our brick and mortar. And so I look at my online store as a brick and mortar. It's a second location for me. It's an additional place. And we do everything possible to connect with our customers like in any way that we can. I have three girls that work full-time in Hawaii, Oklahoma, and Florida because they're all in different time zones. And all they do is reply to people on social media and make connections with our customers. That's amazing. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand, US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. So I want to go back to something that you said a few minutes ago. And I want to bring it up again because I feel like it's crucial to your story and to just the journey of the young business. You got off your ass and went to all these places to put your new business in front of new eyes. I think that was pivotal to your growth. And I'll let you elaborate on it if you'd like. Well, I'm actually going to use someone else as an example because I, I mentor a lot of women who run boutiques. I have um, a mentee that I absolutely adore. She runs a faith-based website. 
called Doses of Grace. You should check it out, dosesofgrace.com. But we were looking at, we did a like a little critique yesterday because when I mentor somebody, a lot of times, like when you have a consultant, they come in and they're like, okay, let's look at your website. Well, you need to change this or you need to change that. And, or they look at your social media and you need to change this. But I kind of look at it as a whole picture. And we were talking and she's like, I had somebody say to me, you know, you don't have very many products on your website. Is that a strategy that you're using? And she's like, I wanted to die. You know, she's like, no, that is not a strategy. Oh my gosh, I don't have enough products on my website. And I was like, well, yeah, let's look into that. So I start looking and it's like, yeah, like people want more because what you got is so great, but you're not getting in front of them. Like they're not, they're bored because there's nothing to look at after the first two pages. And um, so you're not giving them enough. And then we go over to her Facebook page and she has all these amazing quotes and stuff. And I was like, at no point did you ask for the sale. Like at no point did you say, hey, this isn't just a cool quote with some earrings. Like I have these earrings for sale. You should check out my website and go buy them. You know, and I think that is what happens is, is people get so scared. She's like, I just don't want to be too salesy. And I'm like, you know, pardon my language, but isn't that your damn job? Like, isn't your job to sell this stuff? Like, isn't that why you have a website? Isn't that why you have a business? It's so you can sell it. So ask for the money, like ask for the sale, go show your stuff off and go meet some people. You know, I'm not gonna, like, I'm, I'm one of those girls, I love Jesus, but I cuss a lot, you know? And it's super cool not to be like super uh, religious, but the Proverbs 31 woman, is she was actually a salesman. Like that's the most revered woman in the Bible. But her job was to sell things. She actually went and she was a fabric dealer and she sold fabrics to everybody in the city. And her husband totally respected her for that. And so like, I just want other people to say like, you know, like, why do you even have a website if you're not gonna try to actually sell it? Like if you're not gonna, you know, give them something and let them purchase from you. Preach. Preach. <laughs> right? I mean, like, why have an e-commerce site if you're not going to sell? Yeah, so. you, have, you have to make the offers. You have to keep making the offers. And I think we forget that we see it so much. We feel like we're, we're trying to sell people, but you really aren't. I mean, your message isn't seen as much as you think it is. Yeah. And it's just... you know, The internet's not new. There's no reason I should buy something from you versus somebody else. You got to stand out. You got to ask. And, and I feel like a lot of times people go, Okay, I'm an internet business. So I should only be on the internet. Well, no, not really. Like, I mean, have your card in your freaking, you know, like purse and your wallet. Like, you should be going through cards all the time. That's what I did. You know, like, I listened to one of your podcasts and I know it was like organic reach is, you know, like building a business organically is kind of dying, but it's only dying because people aren't doing it. Like, you can find customers, even though. We reach about 2 million people a week on Facebook alone in our videos. Okay. Pretty powerful for a little place, 1,400 people in Idaho, right? But I still have, so I'm in a beta program through Facebook where people can pay to follow me, right? So Facebook calls me and they're like, we're really, really like blown away by. The amount of followers that you have because you're a brand. Like you've convinced people to spend $5 a month and you're a clothing line. 
Like that doesn't make sense to us. Like, what are you offering them? And it's like, you have to look at that. I have 2 million people that I'm reaching. I have 250 people, which I thought sounded like the world's smallest number. I was like super embarrassed that we only had 250 people following us. And Facebook's like, no, you're like the second largest brand that has anybody paying to follow them. I'm, those are the people that are making me the money, right? So I'm making a connection with those 200 people. And that is where, that's where the money's at. It's in that genuine connection. It's in that organic reach of reaching out to them, talking to them, having a conversation. You know, like, I want my barista buying from me. And if I can turn them into super fans, and that's money right there. Yeah, it's the depth of the relationship. Yeah. Not, not the number of those people are going to be out there. You know, they're sales people, sales women and men for you because they're advocates for your brand. Yeah. They're like, I respect what she does. I like her journey. I like her product. I like her style. I like her sass. Like, you know, and I, I feel like people use that. You know, social media is so terrible in the fact that it, like, I work in one of the most ruthless industries. Okay. I know everybody thinks that they do, but like, I work with some fake. Freaking people. I, I girl I hear girls all the time. I have this many gajillion visitors to my site and this many, I, it's all fake, right? Like, and so for me, it's like I feel like social media and internet businesses, e-commerce, allow you to have this totally fake mask. You know, like realtors, they they have reports that come out, right? Like reports come out and they're like, we know how many houses you sold. But in the e-commerce business, People use that website as almost like a fake shield and they're scared to actually be, have like human interaction. Well, that ends up hurting you in the long run because if you can't stand out as being genuine, authentic, and something different, then yeah, why buy the hat from me when you could buy it from somebody else? Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot to unpack there and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but I actually... And maybe some of our listeners don't know because I was not, I, I'm not aware of this. So you have followers that it's a beta test, but you have followers that pay a monthly or just a one time fee to follow you they, on Facebook. They pay a monthly fee. Is it like a, a, a Facebook group or what is that? No, it's actually on our business page. Okay. And um, so what happens is they become a supporter. A lot of gamers are very successful. You know, people will pay five dollars, and then they get to watch these people game, and they learn gotcha. gaming stuff. So it's like a, um, it's like a Patreon, but a Facebook yeah. version. Yes, and then um, what happened was, is I just randomly I've done so much with Facebook that they asked me to be involved, and and I thought, okay, like how can I make this special? So we give them exclusive content, we give them coupons. But mostly, we give them authentic like content. I post them almost like it's like an Instagram story that they're only allowed to see. Um, they get to help me with designs. Like if I'm looking at choosing between different colors, you know, or out shopping at a market or working on something, I let them have those sneak peeks and they get to participate. But so it's it's pretty cool. I just know that it would be a real struggle for other brands that have not worked to be authentic. Like if you're if you're trying to look like all the other boutiques out there or all the other businesses out there, it's not going to be the program for you. Does that program... What's the name of it? 
It's just Facebook supporters. It's Facebook in the um, Facebook creators. Okay. So okay. you have to be a Facebook creator first and then have a decent following for your video content. Great. And we'll, hopefully we can link to your page in our show notes so um, our yeah, listeners can, know, can see that. Honestly, like if you're even curious about it, you can sign up to be a supporter and it costs you five bucks and you can learn that whole month from me, uh, you know, like ways to actually engage and create um, like exclusive, authentic content with Facebook followers. Genius. Cool. So let's talk about this. You know, you guys started small. Now you are, you know, impressing the hell out of me. 2018 Inc. 500 for rapid growth. Did you ever, you know, did you ever yes. set out to be on that list? No, because I actually, um, I I love all the folks at Inc. They've been huge supporters for me. I actually became friends with their social media manager because I called her out. Um, I was like, "How come you don't have anything for mom and pops?" Like, I really love your guys' page, but can you do? A, can you throw Main Street a bone? And so, uh, we they actually ended up doing an article on me called Main Street, but. That isn't like impressive to me. I mean, it is impressive, but I care more about my gross uh, profit than I do about uh, my growth. So, like for me this year, it wasn't okay. Let's make more. Like let's let's sell more things. It was let's make more money on the things that we're selling, and um, let's focus on creating super fans. Because and lo and behold, of course, the gross ends up happening. But we were, I think, number three fifty six, and we had fourteen hundred percent growth over three years. And I feel like uh, one of the problems is, is as business owners, we're constantly putting ourselves in this imaginary race, and we're like, "Oh, I better like, I don't know what you're trying to get to. Like, do you really want your business to end? Like, so why not enjoy where you're at? It's kind of like, do either of you have kids? Uh, no. <laughs> and we're both laughing right now because the thought of it is kind of comical to us. Yeah, I have, nep- I have nephews and it's I'll watch them for an afternoon. We, we don't, okay, but, well, but we, get the, we get the concept no. of children. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, you would never say, oh my gosh, I cannot wait until my kid gets so big and dies. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go, like, you wouldn't want the end of a kid's life happen. Right. So I, why are we doing that with our businesses? Yeah. Like why like what's the point? Like enjoy that time when you're happy dancing because you finally hit $200 in sales. Like enjoy buying domains and creating your website. Like instead of like, oh, I just want to get past this and get to the next thing. Like why? Like can you not be content and be driven at the same time? Like that is my goal. Like Way more than you know, um, an Inc. 500 award. I can not agree with you more. People always ask us, like, "Hey, Chase, what are you and Sean trying to do with Electric Eye, like the agency?" And I'm like, like "We're trying to enjoy it." Yeah, right. it's like I don't care that people have like it's a lifestyle business. I don't. There's like weird connotations yeah. around that. I'm like, I don't care what your connotation is. Is like me and Sean can make this work for us, and you know, I'm going to be working from Mexico all next week, and that's how we're making it work. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Like that's the point. I hope that you read my book. I think you'll really love it. Even though it is written for women, I was like, I really want this to be for men and women. My publisher's like, uh, men don't really read. So that's a lie. I read a lot of books, but also, Jesse, what no, book? You did, we haven't talked about your book yet. 
Yeah, we want to like uh, women buy books. Okay, <laughs> women buy books, and I was like, all right, fine, you know. But so my book is the Backroads Boss Lady, and it's really funny because I learned so much about publishing. I was not actually setting out to write a book. I didn't think anybody would be interested in my story, and actually through Ink Magazine is how my book agent found me. I, the book deals are done before the book is written. Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? Like I thought you wrote a book and then like, you know, somebody who looks like Meryl Streep and the devil wearing product, <laughs> like reads your book and decides whether you're worthy of having one. It does not work that way. So don't think that it does. <laughs> but I, I asked him, I was like, so is this a business book? And my publisher was like, I don't know. Is it a business book? So we started writing it. Um, my co-writer is actually male, which was um, amazing because I feel like he was able to put this super cool perspective into my voice. And, and I never thought a man could write my book, but he did. And he did a great job. And all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, this is actually a memoir. And it's a book about a business. It's not necessarily a business book. So you do get to learn tons and tons of cool tips and tricks. And um, you know, I talk about why we do things the way that we do and how we do certain things. But there's typically a non-business reason or lifestyle as to why I do those things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I felt like there was not a book out there that... So I love to read, right? And you love to read. But do you ever read books and you feel like you have to use Google for like half of the things that are in them and you're like so that you don't feel stupid reading the book? Like well, I don't read books. Like I don't read those hardcore, you know, nerdy books like that. Not nerdy, you know. If you like this book, that's, that's yeah. It's but I that's like, the thing. like you can't go buy a business book and pick it up and you're like, yeah, I can start doing this today. Well, you know, I, like, I beg to differ. There's a few out there. Like all of Mike's Michalowicz's books are oh, pretty so right. pretty like, well I written. But I do have to tell you, I still had to Google some things when I read Mike's books because I'm not an accountant. Like I'm not a... I don't have this fancy business degree. And so I wanted to write a book that was for a mom and pop. It was for a solopreneur. It was for you know somebody who did not have... Because I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like any really good entrepreneur just had everything handed to them, right? No, not at all. And I think that with the business book of today versus what it was many years ago, like I don't know if you've ever read Think and Grow Rich. It's all right, but god awful to read. And yeah. it's it's just very lexicony and and weird and just like it's definitely highbrow in my opinion. But then there's all these cool newer books coming out, like Mike's books, like Built to Sell. I have have that right behind me by John Warren. Was that John War? I can't read that, Annette. <laughs> but Built to Sell is an amazing book. It's and it's like written as an allegory. It's like written as a as like this is a business growing, and these are the choices he made to make this business more amazing than when it was when it started. But all these maybe nuggets that's the of wisdom. Version of my book. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you should definitely read it if you haven't read it though. It's amazing. I will. I you know I just read. Um, speaking of great books, I just read Fran Hauser's book, The Myth of the Nice Girl. And it is a book that I would encourage both men and women to read. I thought for sure somebody named Fran was going to have a boring book. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> but Fran actually has become my friend and dare I say a mentor. I mean, she is super powerful. This woman um, was the former president of Time Digital. And 
everything that she talked about, even though it was in a boardroom, it was so easy to take and go, oh my gosh, like I could totally use that just with a committee at my kid's school, or I could use that talking to my spouse. And I really hope that that's something that people are able to get out of my book. It's really funny. Everybody who reads it tells me something different touched them. And um, it's definitely one of those books that's like Gloria Estefan, you know, like get on your feet, get up, take some action. And so I, I do hope that you read it and I hope that you tell me what you think. Like, honestly, no bullshit. I want to know, like, did I do my job? Well, here's the thing I know that Annette has already pre ordered it. <laughs> so once she's done, I'll give it a read. And awesome. I, I want to um, normally don't do this, but I want to ask uh, just because your story is so great. Is there something what for, for our listeners, what is a tool or an app or something that you use daily that has like really changed your life or made your life a lot easier as a business owner? Well, shoot. And I know that so, came from left field, but I, I just feel like well, you probably okay. have something to give There's, there. I got, you know, coming from big commerce where there were no apps, you know, like you, like you didn't have apps. I didn't. I actually got interviewed last summer on a panel, and everybody on the panel was with Shopify except for me, right? And so they're like, "What apps do you use?" And I was all Facebook, Google. <laughs> right. like, I was like, uh, "The Cheekies app." You know, like I use my business's app. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know, like so. Um, but I have tried really hard to stay away from apps. I don't know why. I just have like a resistance to them. You know, I'm like, no, I want to do this on my own, which is so foolish because I should utilize some of these. But I hate feeling trapped. Like, does that make sense? Like, I hate feeling like, what if this app quits working? Goes what away. If it, yeah. yeah. What if it goes away? What if it, it doesn't work anymore? Um, and maybe that's from not being with Shopify and, and seeing that. Well, um, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was so trying to think of and, one and that it, And it doesn't have to be an app. Is it like a, a journal that you use? Is it you know a timer on your phone? What is it as a business owner that you feel gives you a little bit of edge or maybe calm each day in the craziness? Is there just something that you've... you know? It doesn't have to be you know, a te- no, technology. Pick. It can so, it'd be non-technology. I would say... Last night, I did this super cool panel for the Women Who Get Shit Done chapter in Boise. Okay? And... Uh, we talked about like our principles. And my number one principle that I have is educate yourself. So I hate when somebody comes to me and they're like, I just need help. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, what was the last book you read? Like, what was the last thing that you looked up on your own? At our work, we have a saying that, is this a question you can answer yourself? And that isn't because we're too busy and we don't want to help people. It's because there's this super cool thing that happens when you start researching and investigating and finding out answers on your own. You learn so much more than the original answer that you were seeking. And so I spend every day time educating myself. I also spend approximately an hour a day investigating my customers. And by that, I mean, I will see who is commenting and who is purchasing. And I go to their Facebook page and I look at their lifestyle. Are they, wear, are they plus size? Are they wearing camo? Are they riding horses? And those types of indicators for me actually give me even more knowledge than Facebook's you know, insights and things like that. I want to actually see what are these people doing and who are they? And I do that every single day. 
um, to make sure that I have a pulse on my market and that I'm working to serve my customers. Because the more I serve them, the more they serve me. That goes with my employees. That goes with anybody that I come in contact with. So... That's yeah. that, that's what I was looking for. That's the gold right there. I bet you if we pulled our listeners who are store owners and asked them the last time they spent an hour going through their customer's Facebook or Instagram feed, they probably wouldn't be able to do that. So that's, that's, that's it's excellent. It's so powerful. I mean, even if they spend 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's crazy because we have all those people on our, you know, like in our group, because we have a, um, we have a Facebook group, a VIP group. It has only 15,000 people in it, but we run about 95% active members, okay, which I think is unheard of. That's insane. I mean, our customers are unbelievably active, hundreds of thousands of comments every month, and um, out of 15,000 people, right? But if I go in there and I reply to them, I look at their Facebook picture and they're there with their kid or their spouse and I reply to them, that's a connection, right? They're like, oh shit, the boss lady just told me that she loved my dress I wore to my kid's basketball banquet. You know, where do you think they're going to buy their next hat from? Right? (laughs) Yeah. I, I wanted to pull my wallet out and I don't even... I'm not going, you know, I don't need anything right now. But no, that's awesome. I want to, um, before we close out the show, one thing we didn't touch on and we just want to give you um, props on it is you're from this super small town. And I think sometimes as a store owner, we need to remember too, you employ 30 people in your town currently. Is that correct? I run anywhere between 20 to 30 employees. And I'm not, that's in New Plymouth. And then in addition to that, I employ um, graphic designers in Venezuela um, because women have a difficult time getting income in Venezuela. Um, And I can pay pallet to them. And um, so most all of our designs are hand-drawn. And then even the factories that I use are typically in rural areas. I do that on purpose. And then of course, we have our social media staff that works throughout the United States in addition to our New Plymouth employees. So I just want to touch on, I think, you know... um... Everyone's income is usually in direct reflection of the impact they make in the world. And that impact that you're having, I know, on your employees is is huge. So I just wanted to note that to to our listeners Thank too, of, of, I, of how deep that is on the employment, on the employment side. I appreciate that. You know, I had I talk about it in the book, but I had an employer that was a real hard ass once. And, you know, he told me your responsibility is not to be a boss or a bitch, your responsibility is to make sure that your employees can buy cars, that they can buy homes, that they are actually able to live a great life. And so I know that everybody's always trying to trim and trim and trim, but we put a lot of our money into um, being able to hire and employ people. I want to hire people that want to be successful in life, not just get a job, but they want to do the job. And so I like that is a that is so important to me. It's actually way more important than the Inc. 500 is the fact that we're actually able to put kids in preschool and, you know, like real life, real shit. And, um, and that matters to me. You know, right now we are carried in 3,500 retailers across the United States and Australia. And so that to me is 3,500 women that are able to carry my product in their stores and do that same thing and offer more money um, in, into their communities. 
we did a fundraiser for the hurricane that specifically all of those funds went to restarting small businesses because I wanted them to be able to hire people and put people back to work. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. What like you know, through that whole growth, did you ever like have a aha moment and you're like, this isn't my business anymore? Like it's look at all these people that I now like rely on me. Yeah. I was doing an interview with I think Forbes like a few weeks back. And Gal was so cool. And she was like, What is success to you? Like, when did you realize that you were successful? And it just hit me. I was like, when I was able to stop keeping secrets, like when I no longer had to hide the apps that I used or the number of orders that came in, or I wasn't scared to introduce somebody to a manufacturer. I wasn't afraid to take somebody to a show and teach them and lead them. Like I no longer was in that. I have to keep all of this hidden and only to me. That was when I realized that. It was like, it was super cool. Like, I could really just be myself, and that was just fucking fine. I think that's probably the place where we should wrap it up. But let's tell everybody where they can find your book and the name of your book again. So, the book is Backroads Boss Lady Happiness Ain't a Side Hustle. And um, you can just search Backroads Boss Lady on Amazon Books and or Barnes and Nobles, Goodreads, Target, um, any like major book retailer is carrying the book. Wonderful. Absolutely. And if people want to learn more about your brand, where should they go? Cheekiesboutique.com. Um, just go to Facebook and type in Cheeky's brand. I would love for you to come and watch one of our lives. Uh, my husband and I have a pretty good time. People love to laugh. And we're like the redneck version of Chip and Joanna Gaines. <laughs> I so. love it. <laughs> so good. And then yeah. um, you've been kind enough to, to offer our listeners, if they're interested in any of your product, a uh, coupon code. And yeah. that will be, I think, 15% uh, off on product. And the code is no BS. Yeah. And you don't have to put the like dots in there. So it's yeah. just like no BS. And yeah, um, you and don't need any BS periods. Even, yeah. if, <laughs> even if you're not like Western, there are so many fun and sassy things on there. You could even get one, a shirt that says, Don't BS me, darling. So, well, and I think our listeners maybe, maybe make it part of an experiment to actually order, you know, from Cheekies. See, make a comment in your order, see how they respond, and watch the, how that process flow yeah. goes. Or join us as a supporter. I mean, our first month, uh, we actually give you a $10 gift card. So it basically pays for your first two months um, of being a supporter. But at least come and learn for your business. You know, watch and see how, like, what we're able to do with a customer and how close we can actually get to them so that you can emulate that in your own business. And just because you're in a small area or a small place, or even if you feel like you're small in a big, big pond, just know that you can do some really big shit. Like you can, you can really put it together. I mean, if I can do it in a town of 1400 people with very little internet, you can build an online business wherever you're at. That's gold. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're welcome. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice.